What is up, everybody? It is so good to be here. Make some more noise out there. Make some noise. Come on. Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? Um, it's because it's always awkward. You know, you got to make the noise while I'm up here adjusting things and preparing myself and dealing with uh, the fact that I'm super nervous. I just want to say that. It never goes away. Uh, maybe for Pastor Anthony, he's so cool, calm, and collected. Uh, but for me, uh, I, I get nervous every time I come on stage because I'm just like, Lord, don't let it be me. Don't let anything be me. Of course, you will hear things from me, and those will be the funny things. But the good things will come from God. Uh, I want to just say that it is so good to be here. My name is Danny Looney, and I am uh, the founder and executive director of Rock Bottom Hope, which is an organization that brings hope to people experiencing rock bottoms situations. So whether it is they are uh, going through some addiction to alcohol, drugs, um, they're struggling with homelessness, depression, anxiety, whatever that rock bottom moment is, we've created an organization where people can get connected to talk to somebody relationally, somebody that will meet them right where they're at because just as God did with me exactly 14 years ago today... He found me next to a toilet uh, with uh, just 115 pounds. You could count every rib in my body, teeth falling out of my head, um, a gutter junkie, meth addict, homeless on the streets of Portland, and God found me. And he said that I am faithful to meet you where, right where you're at, but I'm just as faithful not to leave you there. Isn't that the kind of God that we serve? That he will come down to the depths of your sin. He will come down to the depths of rock bottom, and he will pull you up and out because he's like, hey, I'll come right to you, but I'm not going to leave you in your filth. I'm not going to leave you in your sin. I'm not going to leave you in your addiction. I am going to heal you, and he makes all things new. And I want to have a huge shout-out to Free Church because we officially launched January 2020, However, you guys were the first ones to have us come out and speak as Rock Bottom Hope in December 2019, and you have been along this journey in such an incredible way. Your pastor has been praying for us. Your team has been praying for us. We've followed each other on all the social media platforms, and we, I get messages from people in your church just encouraging me, encouraging my family. You, y'all have connected people that have needed help with Rock Bottom Hope, and we've worked together to help people in the Salem area and beyond. And so I would like it if you would give yourselves a hand because you have been changing the world through the power of God, and I'm really excited about this downtown thing. So we need to figure out how to get here and and be a part of that at some point. That sounds awesome. But as we dig into today's, uh, you know, time and message and encouragement, I just want to say that I'm here to encourage you and inspire you to the hope that is Jesus Christ, because he wants to come in and he wants to radically change our way of thinking. He wants to build us up on our innermost being and show us that he is faithful. Just like I said, he is faithful to meet us where we're at, but he's just as faithful not to leave us there. Hey, would you mind if you've got that picture of me, the old, the, yep, right there. All right. So that's what I looked like January 24th, 2018. You can see the devil in my eyes. In fact, I have a, a pastor who 
came and spoke to me during this time of my life, and he recently told me, we connected, and he said, you know, the last time I saw you, I was scared of you, and I didn't ever want to see you again. Because when I met with you, I just saw evil. And if you can imagine, I mean, that was one of my last mug shots. Of course, this over here is what I look like on social media. And this is what I look like in real life. Um, but anyways, so, so now you know. But, but, but that is the man. I was 24 years old. And I didn't want to live any other way. I loved the drugs. I loved the way it made me feel. I, I didn't think that I would ever be able to amount to anything else but that. I dropped out of high school um, you know, at a young age, and I just threw myself hardcore from the age of 14 to 24 into my addiction, and I really didn't know that there was any other way to live. I was so caught up in that lifestyle and uh, you know, in and out of jail, homelessness, um, really just not knowing that there would ever be hope for me. But we serve a God, and I want you to just begin to think, even now as we go into this time together, begin to think about maybe it's you, maybe it's someone you know, but maybe there is a rock bottom moment. Maybe there is a rock bottom circumstance. Maybe there is something going on in your life or in the life of someone that you know that is just completely hopeless. And let me be the one to tell you today that there is hope. As long as there is breath in your lungs, there is hope for your soul. And my parents, they wore a hole in the floor praying for me. This is what they saw. My siblings, this is what they saw. They didn't think that there would ever be any hope. However, God met me, and he changed me, and he can do the same for any individual on this earth. Amen? All right, you can take that away now. I celebrate 14 years of sobriety and walking with Jesus today. Praise God. So as we begin to uh, think about this message, this message kind of revolves around community and ties into what we do with Rock Bottom Hope because what we do is, like I said, we begin to meet people relationally where they're at. Right? People are isolating. Maybe you've been caught isolating. I know that since COVID hit, Things have changed, right? Radically changed in the world. The way that we think, the way that we pursue relationships, the way we don't pursue relationships. And it is so easy to get caught in in a place of just isolation, trying to do things on our own, leaning on our own understanding. However, God wants to come in and he wants to revive the idea of the body of Christ and the church as it was meant to be, right? Rock Bottom Hope, it's just an extension of the church. We call it, our team calls it church without walls, right? Because we're just meeting people, we're talking to people on the phone. People don't want to talk on the phone, they just want to text. We're texting them, but we're coming and we're saying, hey, we're here for you. We love you. Whatever it is you're going through, we've been there and we've overcome it and we believe that you can too. And so there is power when it comes to community. There is power when it comes to walking in life with one another and rubbing shoulder to shoulder and really lifting one another up. In Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that that the day of his returning is drawing near. Y'all feel this day drawing near? Y'all feel that? 
there's kind of a different anticipation. Now, now the disciples, they too, they're, they're all, you know, 2,000 years ago, they were like, whoop, it's the end days. But I sense that things are escalating like they've never had before in the world, not just in the U.S., but in the whole world. And we're called to watch and pray. Now, we don't try to pinpoint the day, right, because no one knows the hour of the day. But we see that the day of his returning is drawing near, and they were even talking about it in Hebrews. And so this is important time for us to begin building relationship with one another and linking arms and fighting the battle together. So I've got a few points today, and the first one is that we need relationships. We need relationships. Now, I'm not just talking about relationships where we see each other on Sunday morning. We're like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, okay, where's the coffee? All right, yep, great, good to see you. Shake a hand. No, I'm talking about we need relationships that are authentic and transparent, relationships that we get and I mean this in the best of sense, but down and dirty, where we let it really all hang out, and we, we let it, we're like, hey, look into me. Call me on my stuff. We need relationships that are raw. In Acts 2, 42 through 47, all of the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals. Now, this is, this is what real relationship looks like, right? I want you to hear these verses and imagine what would happen in the church today if this is what we were doing. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Now, y'all are like, oh, okay. Uh, that's a little weird, right? That's too much. That was in Bible days. We don't do that anymore. But this is the encouragement to the church, to the body of Christ. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Y'all, things happen when you get real and you actually start living life with others. Look it up here. It says that they performed many miraculous signs and wonders, that they shared everything they had. They were selling their property and possessions. This is what it looks like to be excited about the body of Christ. This is what it looks like to be excited about the Holy Spirit working and moving in and through. When you begin to challenge yourself to go deep into relationships like the apostles did and those at the, the beginning of the church, those at the, 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 the planting of the first churches, man, there is just something that happens inside you and you well up and you're like, okay, this is what it looks like 
to get excited about the body of Christ. This is what it looks like to have real relationship when we're caring about one another and we're there for them. As a community, as a community of believers, we not only worship God together, but we play together, we give together, we serve together. I am so excited about y'all's beach trip to Lincoln City. That sounds amazing. Because we just moved to Texas, and while you were having a late summer, it was April, and I went outside, and I melted. Like, I melted. My wife says, hey, would you go change the doorbell? We put a little Nest doorbell on. I went out there. I was out there for five minutes, and I was, I couldn't breathe. I was like, sweat running down. I went in, and I'm like, babe, I'm not Okay. I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle this Texas heat. Then we got here from Texas on Wednesday. What, we flew in at like 1 a.m.? On Tuesday, well, yeah, Tuesday night um, at like 11.30. We get in the car, and it is a balmy, beautiful 68 degrees, right? I'm like, this feels so good. And we're in the car for about 10 minutes. All of a sudden, I started getting really hot. I'm like, babe, why is it so hot? And she goes, I turned the heater on. It's cold. (laughs) Babe, no. No heater while we're in Oregon. (laughs) No. You can't be doing that. You acclimated way too fast. No. No, no, no. Man. But as a community, we play together. We give together. And we serve together. And we do life together. And we get real together. That's what we do with Rock Bottom Hope. I've got uh, Ethan. Raise your hand. Ethan is our global coordinator for RBH, and James, it, raise your hand, James. James is one of my best friends, and he has a heart for God. He's a prayer warrior. He prays over our ministry. They drove over here from Ben today. I love you guys. Let's give them a hand. Thanks for being here. They surprised me. I didn't know they were going to be here. I was so stoked. I haven't seen them in so long. But uh, they know, they've seen the stories where we get real with people, people come and they're like, they're talking in circles and we're like, hey, let's get real about this. Let's talk about what you really need. Let's talk about that you need the Holy Spirit working in your life. People come and they'll be atheists or they won't know what they believe or they don't know what they need at all. And they come with the problem, but we bring them back to the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is exactly what the church does, right? Everybody walks through these buildings not knowing exactly what they need. Pastor Anthony and the team, they're bringing them back to the hope of the gospel, back to the hope of Jesus, back to the miracle of who God is. We got to get real, and we need to understand that we were made to thrive in relationship with others. We were made to thrive in relationship with one another. Even at the very beginning, God said, oh, it's not good that man be alone. And then he was like, hey, be fruitful and multiply because you need people, right? I think that like somewhere along the lines, we, we, we think, okay, yeah, we need God. We need God. But so often it's like the God that's distant, right? Like he's way far away. And so we're like, oh, we need him, but we just can't get to him. But we forget that we need each other. We forget how much we actually need one another. We need relationship. And secondly, we need accountability. Oh. Oh, it's such a yucky word, right? <laughs> like, oh, I have to be accountable? 
Are you kidding me? I have to be accountable? Yes. And it's so much better if you skip the process of like, you know, trying to accept accountability to, hey, you know what? Not only am I going to accept it, but I'm going to ask for it. There was a shift that happened in my uh, pastoral time, the time that I pastored uh, with Mission Church for eight and a half years. And there was such a shift that happened where I... I, I didn't like feedback, and I didn't like being accountable to God said, no, actually, you need to ask for feedback, and you need to ask to be accountable. There was a shift that happened when I started desiring to be accountable to people around me versus, like, always cringing when somebody had something to say. There was something that happened deep in my spirit. In Proverbs 27, 17, we've all heard it a million times, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens another friend. And you guys, we are called to sharpen one another. We are truly called to not just accept accountability, but to desire it in our lives. As a community, we need relationship and we need accountability. Success is found where accountability abounds. And all right, I want you just to think about this for a minute. If there's anybody that, that struggles with addiction or bad habits or, you know, whatever that looks like in your life, there is such a shift that happens. Maybe it's, maybe it's uh, overeating. Nobody wants to talk about that one, right? Because as a church, we love to eat. I love to eat. I gained 20 pounds since I moved to Texas, y'all. But we thrive and we find success where accountability abounds in our life. The people that we work with through RBH, especially addicts, there is such a shift when they have accountability. When they have someone checking in on them, but also when they're willing to check in with us. That's where we really see the biggest growth, right, Ethan? is when people are not just waiting for us to check in, but they're checking in with us. When they've got a low, when they're dealing with something, when, when they're feeling like they're going to turn to something, they check in with us and say, okay, I need you. I need your prayers. I need your hope. I need your encouragement. Success is found where accountability abounds. Y'all, we need relationship. We need accountability, and we need support and encouragement. Earlier this year, after we moved to Texas, you know, we didn't move to Texas. We sold everything we owned in October 2018, or sorry, in October last year. That's when we had an adoption. Um, but anyways... In October 2021, we just heard the Lord say, sell everything. It didn't make sense. It still doesn't make sense. Still trying to make sense of all of it. But the Lord said, sell everything. So we did. Sold everything. Bought a 32-foot trailer. Never pulled a trailer in my life. I pulled that thing from Medford in the middle of the night. Pretty much blind. Just like. Uh, is it behind me? I don't know. Is it behind me? I, <laughs> could be. Could, could not be. 
I had no idea. I still get scared because one of the first places we parked it was in San Francisco. That was real fun. Talk about sweating. <laughs> had to back it in. That was real fun. All right. <laughs> Those of you that know, know. But we sold everything we owned. We didn't know what the next steps would be, but we knew that we were supposed to just head out. So we headed out, and through a series of circumstances, we ended up in Galveston, and we were hanging out, Galveston, Texas, and a buddy of mine who I went to rehab with 14 years ago messaged me on Facebook and said, hey, I see you're in Texas. You're not far from me. You should come hang out. Next thing you know, what, 55 days later, we closed on a house right outside of Houston. And God just said, this is it. This is where your family's supposed to be. Let me tell you, I really struggled. We left all of our family. We left all of our friends. We were just really finding lots of success with RBH, and we were growing the team, and we were meeting together, and everything was awesome, and we were making more money than we'd ever made with my wife's job as a CFO, and I was doing all this uh, janitorial stuff at night, and everything seemed perfect. And then I found myself in Texas without one friend, hanging out, it was really hot, really hot, and I spiraled. And let me tell you something about support and encouragement. If it hadn't have been for my wife, who was right there along with me, praying for me, praying over me, if it hadn't have been for my RBH fam, for the people in Bend reaching out to me and checking on me, if it hadn't have been for that, I don't know where I would be today because I spiraled, y'all, in a really big way. I was hurting and I was broken and I didn't understand. It didn't make sense. It was all fun and games until you realized that you were 1,500 miles away from home and you owned a house in a place you'd never been before. It was hard. We need support and encouragement. In Exodus 17, 8 through 13, we look at this battle that's going on between the Israelites and the Amalekites. I want you guys to hear this. It says, while the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded, Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But Moses, whenever he dropped his hands, the Amalekites gained the advantage. So when his hands were raised, they were winning. But when he would drop his hands, the Amalekites would take the advantage. He held them for a really long time, y'all. 
Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. I want to ask you today, do your arms feel tired? Have your arms felt like they're just getting a little weak? The rat race of the job, the American dream, the constant running after something that's, that's never quite there, trying to reach a goal that is so far away, stuck in a habit that you can't break, a family member, a loved one, who you're just tired. You're just getting tired. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and her found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. And as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in the battle. Ethan and James, would you come up here real quick? I'm not going to ask you to talk. Don't worry. Can you just either one on either side of me? We need people. We need relationships. Maybe it's you, maybe it's someone else, maybe your arms are weak and tired for someone else, maybe it's somebody else that you know of that is just weak and tired and broken and hurting, but let me tell you, when we've got our arms held high, but my arms start to just fall down, start to get weak, if I have somebody, it is so much easier if I have somebody on either side of me holding my arms up so the battle can be won. You guys can have a seat. Thank you so much. We were never meant to fight our battles alone. Can you say that? We were never meant to fight our battles alone. And we are in a Western culture where as a church, it is so easy to have an internal struggle that we don't tell anybody about. It is so easy to get so caught up in trying to fix ourselves that we're almost not willing to let somebody come alongside and hold our arms up. Because let me tell you, my team, they have told me where we've had meetings and they've said, Danny, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you tell us that you were hurting? 
We're not going to change the way we look at you. Ethan has said, Danny, we're not going to change. You're, you're an amazing leader, and you're allowed to struggle. You're allowed to hurt. You're allowed to experience pain. Each one of us are allowed that. But the thing that we shouldn't be allowed is doing it on our own. We've got to bring people into our circle of influence. We've got to bring people into our life. We've got to allow people to come to rock bottom with us. Because we were never, ever designed to fight these battles on our own. As a community, we are made for relationships. We are made for accountability. We are made for support and encouragement. And this is what your church and many other churches and RBH and so many other places are working to do is like, hey, we just want to come into your life. We want to come to that hard place. And we don't want to fight you. We want to fight with you. We want to hold your arms up. When times get tough, when you get weak, you know, at the beginning of COVID, right after I launched RBH, COVID hit, and I'm going to tell you, I just can't drink because I was an alcoholic and I was a drug addict, and I have very little self-control. I pray for it every day. Lord, give me self-control. But at the beginning of COVID, I thought, wow, this is the end of the world because It was supposed to be the end of the world, right? And I thought, I would really love to drink right now. Like, it would be really fun. My wife's never had a sip of alcohol in her life. It would be super fun to get her drunk. Sorry, that's online. Great. Perfect. But it just, you know, these things, I'm being real, right? Can I be real? These things and these thoughts go through your head. And I think to myself, hey, we should totally just get a bottle of champagne or whatever. And that's the enemy in me, right? That's the enemy whispering, trying to lie to me, trying to say, hey, like you're scared and you're worried about what's to come, so why not get wasted? That's exactly what it would lead to for me. And for you, it might be something totally different. But I needed my community around me. I needed my wife. I needed my community, I needed my friends and my church and the body of Christ around me to lift my arms up when I felt weak. And praise God that he means for us to be in community, rubbing shoulder to shoulder, sharpening iron with one another, fighting together. I want to call the prayer team up. Can I do that? <laughs> Ethan and James, you want to come stand up here too? I just want to ask you this today. Can you close your eyes for a moment and just, just ask the Lord, what fear has kept me from really thriving and really opening up to community?
The second question, who is helping me fight my battles? Can I name them? Do I have them in my life? Am I being open and honest? Who is helping me be the person I was created to be? Who is bringing hope into my life and who am I bringing hope into? Would everybody just stand right now and let me ask you this question as a response? If you know that there is an area in your life that you need to grow in community and grow in relationship, if you know that there's areas in your life where you need to grow in transparency and grow in authenticity, if you know that there's some battles in your life, or maybe you want to stand in the gap for someone who's not here. You want to stand in their place. If you know that the Lord is pulling on your heart, tugging on your heart to go into deeper community, would you just come forward to the prayer team? Just right now, make your way forward. I want to challenge you. It's a challenge. Who else would say that I'm, I'm being challenged? I'm not saying that coming up is going to fix all your problems right now, but I'm saying you're being challenged to go deeper and be more real than ever before. Anyone else that you would say, I need this. I need to go deeper. We're going to enter into a time of worship, and uh, I would just say, yeah, come forward. During this time, you can come forward. During worship, you can come forward, meet with the prayer member. And let's do this. And if you're where you're at, pray for someone you know. Lift them up. Think of their name. And say, God, Meet them where they're at and pick them up.